Good morning and welcome to the Morning Beat on this Saturday, Saturday, Wednesday, September 14th, Saturday. I'm already dreaming of the weekend, Michaela Good Gordon. Good morning. How are you? How's Vegas? How's the family? Hi, honey. I'm good. I'm good. I'm ready to come back to LA, though. Yeah. You know, we love our family, but I'm ready to come back. I know. I'm I'm looking to go home in October. You're going to be heading um, out on a cruise that I don't know you've announced just yet, uh, but you're going to be working a really cool gig. So that week, I'm going to take off as well, and I think about I might go home to my family, and, and, and the trip was like seven days, then six, now five. I'm not really sure how long I can handle being back home. Uh, yeah. But it is nice to see everyone. It is. Uh, I will give a special shout out to my mom uh, and stepfather, Mama Kath and Papa Steve. It is their anniversary today. So. Oh, my gosh. More Happy anniversary. Yeah, we more, love them. More importantly, you know what that means? What? It's my 10 year anniversary tomorrow, officially. So. We, oh, my God. That's so sweet. Uh, that's so sweet that you have uh, your anniversary so close to. Well, real Mama talk. Kath. I'll be real honest with you. Uh, about a year or so after we started dating, we were like, what's our anniversary? And we knew we could narrow it down to like this time frame of about five days. We know we wanted our first date around that time. And we thought it was the 14th and we didn't want to have the same as my parents. So we just went ahead and switched it to the 15th. So I don't know what the actual date is. It's the last time we'll ever celebrate this date. I'm sure now that we're married, we'll celebrate our, our wedding date. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a good week. It's a good week in my family. Uh, we have a fantastic show coming up. Uh, if you've got questions about all these subpoenas going out to uh, people in Trump's world, uh, you're right there with us. We have questions as well. What does it mean? Are we getting closer to actually uh, holding the president, former President Donald J. Trump, accountable for his his actions on January 6th? Oh, and Lord. With the election, we've got our attorney, Paula Canney, joining us from the Bay Area up in San Francisco uh, to break down what these subpoenas could mean for the president. Uh, it's a wild, wild time to be alive. Also, we've got a stripper in a retirement home. We're going to tell you about this hour. This is a fun story. You're not going to want to miss it. But right now, <laughs> Michaela, <laughs> that's, I feel like that's more common in Vegas than it is anywhere else, perhaps. But I know. I feel like that totally makes that, that, sense. That could just be a judgment. Who knows? Uh, it's time for some news on the beat. Okay, babe. Well, uh, Chicago icon and legend Gloria Allen, 76, who lived in an LGBTQ-friendly senior residence, uh, passed away June 13th of respiratory failure. An, ad- an advocate for the LGBTQ community, Allen transitioned before Stonewall and the word transgender uh, before it ever uh, transitioned and existed, says her friend, Lucina Fisher, who is also a writer and director of Mama Gloria, a documentary about Alan, uh, confidant about her identity from early on. Alan says in the documentary, when I came out my mother's uh, womb, I was out. Alan grew up in Bronzeville section of the Bronze, sorry, the Bronzeville section of Chicago and later became part of the South sides legendary drag community she worked as a licensed practitioner nurse and at the university of chicago med center as well as a private nurse aside uh, please forgive me my internet is so out of whack today so i'm trying to like read okay why don't i take about- this next story i i feel like you've got to get your internet issues fixed i'm so sorry Our, yes please Michaela is yes, calling please. in from las vegas she's taking care of her family right now uh, but i'll go ahead and take over this next story a library in southwest suburb of chicago has canceled a drag queen bingo program for teenagers quote due to threats it has received the downers grove public library had planned the event which was geared towards seventh through twelfth graders for National Coming Out Day on October 11th. It's a very important day, as we know. In a statement, the library announced it was not moving forward with the program because it is not possible to provide a safe place for everyone due to threats made. Library Director Julie Milovich, who declined to disclose the nature of the threats, said authorities are investigating. That is unfortunate. We'll keep you up to date on that story as we find out more. Here's a little weather for you today across our beautiful nation. High of 80 degrees here in Los Angeles, 91 
in Las Vegas, Michaela. Drink plenty of water and stay in the shade. Uh, mm-hmm. 95 in Palm Springs, 82 in New York, 86 in Miami, and 93 degrees today in beautiful, beautiful Austin, Texas. People are huge fans of Austin. I've never been. I have friends that live there. I see it. It looks great. I got to check it out one of these days. Here's a vibe for you. The key to abundance is meeting limited circumstances with unlimited thoughts. Don't shut yourself off to the world because you don't think you can accomplish something. Just go for it. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. All right. How about this for an idea? Would you be into strippers at a retirement home? Oh, my God. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, I would. <laughs> apparently a nursing home hired strippers for seniors in wheelchairs, and now they're saying, we're very, very sorry. Um, they've been forced to apologize for hiring a stripper oh, to perform for senior citizens. Uh, this is the Toyoan Veterans Home, a state-run facility uh, for Army personnel in Taiwan. So I'm sure I said that name completely wrong. Uh, but, but they paid the adult entertainer for a steamy show to celebrate the Mid-Autumn Festival. Because <laughs> what else would you do to celebrate Mid-Autumn, am I right? Uh, an important holiday. Not mid-autumn. Well, this is a very important holiday in Chinese culture and where people gather to celebrate the rice and wheat harvest for the season. Uh, so video of this performance is very raunchy, by the way. Uh, it took place last week. It was filmed by an attendee before oh, it was Lord. posted to social media and quickly went viral. Now, in it, got to paint this picture for you. There is a pretty kinky clip that shows uh, this masked-up erotic dancer clad in lacy lingerie, giving an elderly man a lap dance and thrusting her breast into his face oh my repeatedly. God. The man didn't seem to mind and can be seen squeezing the woman's um, assets as she enthusiastically writhes her body all over him. Uh, now, other nursing home residents clapped along enthusiastically, seeming to relish the raunchy show. But... There was backlash, of course, because this thing went viral, and the senior citizen home said the intent of the event was to entertain residents and make them happy. We are very sorry for the offense that it caused. Also, let's let's also just think about this for a moment. They're celebrating a Chinese holiday. This is an Asian culture, senior citizen mm-hmm. Asians. They tend to be very different and more reserved than we are here in the United States. But to me, it looked like these guys, and they looked like they were mostly men, we're having the time of their lives. Listen, I think it's adorable, special, fabulous, wonderful. They had a they had a little love dance. I think it's hilarious. I am fascinated. <laughs> I'm fascinated with with exotic dancers. I'm fascinated with strip clubs. I've been to a few over the years, um, and I will say that it doesn't necessarily have to be a sexual thing, right? For me. There's a place here in L.A. called Jumbo's Clown Room. Oh, yeah. It's one of my favorite spots in the entire city. And they're, uh, the girls there, they dance, I believe they dance topless, I think. But they wear, they have to wear bottoms. In L.A., it's much more strict. And they wear high, high, high heels. We're talking like stiletto platforms, thick, thick heels. And they dance on stripper poles, right? And that's what they're known for. The entire ceiling is gla- is mirrored. So they go up. These women are such athletic. They're so athletic. They will be spinning around a pole, throw their legs up in the air, and then climb up the pole Mm -hmm. and literally do the splits on the ceiling. And I watch and I'm like, I know that that some men are here for a different reason, probably most of them. But for me, I watch and my my husband and I are like, wow, the athleticism of it all. Like, they're really talented. Yeah. Yeah. They're really nice girls that come over and talk to you. You throw them some singles and you go about your life. But listen, these senior citizens have been through it all. They're at the end of their lives. Who cares? Oh, yeah. It's funny. Just enjoy yourself. I, I think it's hilarious. I think that the, the, the story is hilarious. If you were a stripper, what would your stripper name be? Ooh. I think they always say it's the name of your first pet and the first street you were born, like you lived on. So mine, and mine's actually really good. And I think this is probably why I asked you just because I wanted to share mine. Uh, so I'm going to also vamp and give you time to think about yours. Mine would be Buddy Bittersweet. Oh my God, that's sweet. That's really good. I, Buddy I up, Bittersweet. Yes, my first home was on Bittersweet Drive in Coldwater, Ohio. And my first dog, well, my first three dogs, I think, were all named Buddy. We weren't very creative in my family. Um, but yeah, Buddy Bittersweet. 
That's so cute. Okay, mine would be Annalicia Nassau. Annalicia Nassau. That's kind of cute too. I'm kind of yeah. Into, I'm kind of into yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. You had a pet named Annalicia? Yeah, it was a little. Uh, it was a little tiny dog, and we loved her. That's an insane, um, insane dog name. Just so you know. Yeah, no, I know. I wanted her to be named after my middle name. I love but it. I wanted it to have a little more pizzazz. A little more Italian to it. So, yeah. <laughs> and Alicia Nassau. That would that would be my name. There it is. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. Save your tears for another day and don't shed any, any for Sporty Spice. Because she's setting the record straight. Michaela, what's popping? Okay, this story is hilarious. And I remember it very well. So people thought that Sporty Spice, actually Sporty and Scary Spice, might be lesbians. And particularly Sporty Spice, because she was more of like the tomboy doing her thing. But she's setting the record straight to say, I understand that all of you think that I am a lesbian, but I am not a lesbian 20 years later. Uh, she's saying it's all good. It's quite the compliment. She said, the fact is, I am not gay. There's been a lot of things written about me, but they are not true. Uh, I'm not gay. And they try and brand me as a liar when the fact of the matter is uh, that the press is just not telling the truth. I am just doing my own thing. And uh, I love it. I think it's uh, it's so funny because everybody actually did think that Sporty Spice was I don't think a that, big yeah, lesbian. I don't think I ever said it, but I think in my mind I just assumed, oh, she's the gay one. And I liked that. And I didn't really care. Every it, it was, single yeah. person <clears throat> well, in the world thought so, too. You got to think. We're, like, we're talking like 2001 when they were at their peak. And she's got muscles. Like she worked out. And she wore track pants and like sports mm-hmm. bras. And mm-hmm. the only other people I'd seen do that are like Brandy Chastain and the women's soccer team, half of whom were lesbians. So at the time, I was like, oh, she must be a lesbian. And the irony is that that it was revealed a couple years back on Piers Morgan that it was actually Scary Spice and Ginger Spice who did hook up while the group was together. Because, yeah, yeah Ginger said that, or, or, or Scary said, she goes, Ginger had nice boobs. So, uh, yeah, it just happened. So she wasn't, yeah. not only was she not the lesbian, two of the other ones actually were hooking up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I know. I love it. Les- I, I cannot. Lesbians are wild. Of- I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this much. I used to always think it was just gay men that are like sexually like free and like like to hook up. And like, like we always say, oh, everybody in our, our group, friend group, eventually hooked up with each other, right? And that was always the running joke in like my 20s and 30s. When I worked lesbian night truck stop, at Here Lounge in West Hollywood oh my years God. ago, these lesbians were wild. I was like, whoa, you are all just as nasty as we are. You're hooking up left and right, and I love it. Mm-hmm. I know. I love it, too. I love it. I'm obsessed. Uh, I love this story. Okay, who you was your... love the did, space girl. Did you have a crush on one? Because I, I feel like... I think I know who you would like, but then I think there's also, like, a, a runner-up. But did you ever have a crush on one of them? Yeah, Ginger. I want you to be Ginger and oh, be with Ginger. Wow, that's not my guess at all. My Who? guess, my Who guess was, was Victoria was posh because she's she's like spicy and like like sassy and like fierce. But then I also thought as a backup, I thought that uh, Baby Spice was a baby. Is that her name? Baby. Yeah, baby. Emma. Emma I thought no maybe way. you were like the little girly thing. Ginger was my queen. Wow. I love Ginger. She's the one who left the group at one point, right? She she left early. Yeah, she did. She did. She also celebrated her 50th birthday a couple weeks ago. And she looks incredible. We're getting old. I know. I know. We're getting old. We really are. Uh, All right. Coming up. We love the Space Girls. God, I love them. Uh, We also love Paula Canny. And she's joining us for Red, White, and Q. Uh, And she's talking about the subpoenas that were just issued to Trumpy. Is Donald Trump... In trouble again. We're going to discuss coming up in the next hour. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q.
It's an hour of powerhouse women here on the morning beat. We're going to kick things off with our attorney, Paula Canny, calling in from San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Paula's wild. She's a wild card. She's also very, very, very intelligent. She knows the law, and she's going to be calling in for Red, White, and Q to talk about these 30-plus subpoenas that the, the uh, Department of Justice just issued in, uh, to the Trump world. Not Trump himself yet, but everybody around him. Is getting subpoenaed. What does that say? That's about, right. What does that say about him? Are they narrowing in? Are they honing in on the president? It sure looks that way. But Paula Canny is going to give us her expert opinion as an attorney. And then at the end of the hour, we've got Britney Spears clarifying uh, some statements she made recently about Christina Aguilera and her dancers. You had that story yesterday. We have a follow up for you and what's popping a little bit later on. Um, but it's all women all hour long here on the morning beat. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. We love it, and we love Polly Canning. She's such a little superstar. Speaking of women, those strong, strong women, your little niece just turned six, Natalia, and uh, you said you picked her up from school yesterday. Is she learning anything new this year? Does she like her teacher? Does she like her classmates? What's going on? Oh, God, my little baby. Listen, I, I, I've i had such a hard time coming back to California because she yesterday, again, was weeping And I can't stand to see her little weepy face. She said, you cannot go back to California. I love you. Stay with me. Live with me. Um, She wants me to live with her. She also said that she would live in the upstairs and I could live in the downstairs. So we could live together, but also still have our space. Um, But she turned six. God, she's just my baby. Uh, But she does not like her teacher at all. She thinks her teacher is very, very rude, and she doesn't like her at all. (laughs) Wow. Well, on that note, we're talking about boundaries and how to set them tomorrow in Therapy Thursdays. Uh, Just kidding. No. Uh, I I love that. I love that she just speaks her mind, and she has her thoughts and her opinions, and she shares them. I know. My little Virgo girl. Sounds like somebody else I know. Her name's (laughs) Michaela Goldfarb, and uh, she always lets you know what she's thinking. That's right. No, she's so much better than I am. She is so crazy, girl. She called Uncle Dino. I, as you guys know, I, I love, love my Uncle Dino. And he's not been feeling so good, so I've been trying to take care of him. And uh, she called my Uncle Dino while I was there yesterday. And she was talking to him. And he said, oh, do you love your your Aunt Michaela? And uh, she goes, that's not her name. Zia Mika? Yeah, yeah, she didn't know who that was. <laughs> oh, she's like, I only speak Italian, Uncle Dino. Uh, that's right, that's right. She loves her Uncle well, Dino. I guess he would so be cute. Zio Dino, I believe. That sounds kind of funny. Yeah. Though. Okay. Yeah, Zio Dino. Okay. Yeah, that is. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. Well, we have a great hour coming up, so make sure you pour yourself an extra cup of coffee and stick around. Like I said, Paula Canny is always so much fun. She's joining our program in about 10 minutes. Uh, Right now, though, it's time for some news on the beat from Michaela Goldfarb. Take it away. I cannot stand you. Uh, A library in the southwest suburb of Chicago has canceled a drag queen bingo program for teenagers due to threats. It has received the Downers Grove Public Library had planned the event which was geared towards 7th through 12th grade for National Coming Out Day on October 11th. Uh, In a statement, the library announced it was not moving forward, and the program uh, was not also moving forward because it is not possible to provide a safe place for everyone due to the threats made. Library Director Julie Mechanic, who declined the uh, disclose the nature of the threats, said that that was very unfortunate. She was very uh, sad about the whole thing. And I'm sad too. That's so crazy. What kind of threats could you be receiving that uh, you couldn't have uh, a drag bingo? That's so just gross. The world is just so, so interesting right and now. And drag so. bingo's fun. Like, it's just fun. So much fun. Yeah. Who could be so upset? Idiots and morons, I tell you. Uh, idiots and morons you're absolutely right <laughs> all right let's get into a little bit of weather 90 in dallas today 96 in la quinta 96 in cathedral city 73 in buffalo a high of 84 in atlanta 87 in miami 90 in houston 90 in las vegas and 81 in la 
then give us a vibe of the day. Well, I'll go ahead and do that. But first, I'm going to play another little quick little game with you. In the last hour, um, I asked you, uh, or I, 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 there's a story that we're going to be talking about, uh, about the strippers, right? The strippers that went to oh, yeah. the, the, the retirement yeah. home. We talked about it just a little bit, like 30 minutes ago. <laughs> and I asked you what your stripper name would be. Have you ever thought of what your drag name might be? My stripper name was Buddy Bittersweet. Yours was Annalicia, I believe. Annalicia. Yeah, Annalicia. That's right. Something. Um, but what would your stripper or your or your your drag queen name be if you could be a drag queen? Ooh, probably Honey. Just Honey. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I wrote a single. Okay. Called Honey. honey. So I feel like it'd be right. Oh, honey. I like that, Honey. Yeah. Honey. Okay. Yeah, what would yours be? I don't know. I, hmm. I've thought about this many, many times, and I just remember one name that did stick out to me years ago, but it was already taken. There was a performer who used to perform on Tuesday nights at a bar called Uptown in Bowling Green, Ohio. I went to the University of Toledo, and we used to drive down there on Tuesday nights because they had gay night once a week, right? It was the only night. It was a straight bar every other night. And... Her name, she was one performer. Her name was Rebecca De, Rebecca De Hornay. <laughs> like Rebecca De Mornay. She was big back in the day. She was an actress. Oh, I love it. She was the star in A Hand That Rocks the Cradle. It's iconic. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, but her name is Rebecca De Hornay. And she performed the same exact number week after week after week. She wore little Daisy Duke jean shorts, a white tank top, like a wife beater sort of tank top, the really the tight ones. And then she would perform to pour some sugar on me, right? And the like the the climax, the crescendo of every single one of her performances, she would shake up bottles of beer, pour them all over herself, and rip her tank top. And oh it was, my god! <laughs> I saw the performance twenty times, and it was amazing every single time. Never changed I a single it. moment. So Rebecca De Hornay, if, if that's if that's actually in retirement, I might take that one because it was a good one. Uh, but that's just me. Uh, here is a vibe for you to take you throughout your day. The key to abundance is meeting limited circumstances with unlimited thoughts. Keep your mind mm. open. Everything's possible. If you believe it, it's possible. I love that. I love it. Just believe. All right, coming up, our favorite gal, Paula Kenny, is joining us to talk about uh, subpoenas that were just issued to Trump surrogates. What does that mean? Uh, we will discuss in seven minutes. I am American. Welcome back to the Morning Beat. It's time for another round of Red, White, and Q. And lots of people have lots of questions about these um, these subpoenas being issued to over 30 surrogates of Donald J. Trump. What does that actually mm-hmm. mean? Are we getting any closer to Trump? Why haven't they issued a subpoena to him just yet? Are we zeroing in on the former president? Here to help us make sense of it all and tell us what to expect is attorney Paula Canny. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for joining us. We've missed you. It's good, I miss you. It's good to have you back. Um, Hi. Let's talk about... Hi, Michaela. Hi, AJ. Let's talk about Trump's legal woes a bit because people see all these subpoenas going out and and some people say this is a great thing, right? They're getting closer and closer to Trump. Some people say, well, they still haven't subpoenaed Trump. He's going to get away with it like he always does. Uh, and then some people are just mad. They think that, that you know, we're, we're going against democracy and, and doing all these things that we shouldn't be doing. So... <laughs> Where do you stand and what do you see uh, as the next possible steps coming out of these subpoenas? Okay, well, this is a very traditional Department of of Justice investigation. This is the way the Department of Justice does it, slow and painstakingly. So in terms of investigative tools, prosecutors have the tool of subpoenas. There are two kinds of subpoenas. One is a subpoena that directs a person to come and testify before a grand jury. The other kind of subpoena is a subpoena ducus tecum, which directs the person to provide documents to the government. And then there's a third investigative tool, which are search warrants. So a lot of the news reports are sort of interchangeably using those terms and and they're different to get a search warrant you need a judge to issue a search warrant so in addition to subpoenas the department of justice also got search warrants and people's telephones were seized like that guy 
pillow man, Mike Lindell's uh, telephone, yeah. was seized, and that was by search warrant. So clearly what we know from this is that there's an open grand jury, that the government is calling witnesses and taking testimony, and that, mm. you know, woe for Trump relates to, you know, his efforts to overturn the 2020 election uh, both in the, you know, January 6th riots, both in fundraising, all those things. Then Trump also has the Mar-a-Lago search warrant where they, where the government found all these classified documents that he wasn't supposed to have, even though he's a former president. You can't mm-hmm. take top secret documents and just leave them lying around in your residence. I mean, some of the documents included nuclear inf- information about other countries' nuclear capacities and stuff like that. So that's crazy that he took those documents. So then he also has problems with the state of Georgia by trying to bribe election officials. And he also has problems in the state of New York with all his sort of tax fraud in terms of undervaluing his real estate and the like. So he's got a lot of fires on a lot of fronts. And do I think it's right or wrong? I think it's completely appropriate. Nobody, I don't think any former president has ever acted while president or after president sort of as badly and as illegally as he has. So, no, I'm like, get him. Mm. Investigate it. I feel like we always are trying to, uh, you know, hold Trump accountable. He's done so many things. Mm -hmm. Uh, But with this news, do you think that that day will finally come? Because, you know, with elections coming up, we've heard that he wants to run again. Do you think that some of this will um, uh, uh, affect him running? and, and, And will he finally be well, uh, of course, if I, I'd like him. My personal opinion is, of course, I'd like him to finally get his comeuppance. But uh, the Department of Justice has a policy to not execute search warrant subpoenas within 60 days of a general election. So the election is in November. So the DOJ is going to stop because that's the policy because they don't want to appear to be trying to influence elections. So that's going to stop. Uh, mm-hmm. The state of New York doesn't have that same policy, nor does the state of Georgia. And for Trump, I mean, a lot of the arguments that he's raising are just to cause a delay in this process so he could run again in 2024 for my purposes I just want him convicted of a felony. I don't care what the felony is, but if he's convicted of any felony, he cannot hold public office. That part. He can't run for president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't care what felony it is. I don't care where he's prosecuted and where he's convicted. I just want somebody to initiate a criminal prosecution for a felony. And so that's why the Mar-a-Lago... Uh, case to me seems pretty easy because it's just illegal per se to have top secret documents that you took out of the White House and he was offered multiple opportunities to return the documents and he declined. His lawyer said he didn't have them and when they executed the search warrant Mm -hmm. he clearly did have them. So I mean to me, that's the easiest. Yeah. I don't care what felony it is. I just want some mm-hmm. felony so that he can't run for office again because it's a catastrophe. Well, <laughs> and like average people like you and me and everyone else listening, I'm sure, you know, it comes tax season, for example. We're afraid to get it wrong. We want to make sure we pay every <laughs> single penny exactly how we're supposed to right. so they don't come after us. Yet this guy has been getting away with tax fraud and all, all sorts of other things for so many years. 
it is interesting, though. You know, you say that the DOJ has a has a history of not um, uh, issuing any new subpoenas within 60 days of elections. Mm-hmm. But I do very clearly remember one FBI uh, mm-hmm. making making a big uh, a big dust up about Hillary Clinton right before yep. the election with Donald J. Trump in 2016 that many say cost her the presidency and, and of course, cost our nation dearly. Um, we, we will keep an eye on these stories. We hope that something comes from it. It's really fascinating that you think, though, that the easier takedown is Mar-a-Lago and not the insurrection and the overturning of the election. But mm-hmm. it's maybe a lower threshold to prove. Is that what you're, you're kind of suggesting? I'm saying, yes, it's an easier thing to, in my, to my way of thinking, it's a possession crime. It is illegal to possess top-secret documents in the way that he did. It was illegal for him to take him out of the White House, really. He is going to say he has a personal... He's claiming that he has the right to have unilaterally declassified these documents so he could take them. I mean, he thinks he's like a... A king. I don't know, a, a, a czar, king or a dictator, an emperor, a, czar, yeah. a dictator. I mean, it's horrifying. Well, all I got to say mm-hmm. is, but her emails... But her but emails. Her emails. All right, yeah. Paula Canny, thank okay. you so much. Thank right, you so bye, much, Paula Canny. Bye, Michaela. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. All right, bye. Now, coming up, what are the boundaries when it comes to sending a photo? No, we're not talking about nudes. Find out what we're talking about coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ Gibson and Michaela Gordon. Channel Q. I am so grateful I don't have to worry about dating, hopefully ever again. I've been married for three months, so I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to sound presumptuous and get ahead of myself and act like I'm gonna be happily <laughs> married forever, you know, but that's the plan. Because let me tell you, honey, I don't think that I could get on a dating app today if you paid me. It's just too stressful. Listen. It's too much. There are too many options. It's just a lot. And my single friends, and I have many of them. The horror stories they tell me about trying to find a match. It's just mm-hmm. no, no wonder, no wonder uh, so many like decide to just go like have sexual encounters and then leave it at that because to actually get into a relationship with somebody online is difficult, right? Totally. And this one person shared their experience and it's and it's kind of unique, but it has an interesting twist. And it's it's all about consent and sending photos, but not in the way you might expect. They write, I recently had a weird experience on a dating app. I'm a trans feminine non-binary person, and I mostly date other trans people. I was messaging someone, a trans masculine non-binary person, on an app, and it seemed like things were going pretty well. I sent them a couple of photos mm. of myself that were completely non-sexual in my perspective. In the photos, I am fully uh, complete, uh, I'm fully dressed and not making any kind of sexual poses or gestures, mm-hmm. and there aren't any sex toys or anything like that in the background. And to be clear, they had already seen similar photos of me, okay? They go on to say, I sent the photos because I thought it was a cute and friendly thing to do. However, the person immediately responded by saying that I had, quote, crossed their boundaries because we hadn't consented to sharing photos with one another. Then they said that because I had done this boundary-crossing behavior, they didn't think we were a good match and blocked me on the app. I found this kind of emotionally intense because they made it seem like I had done something wrong and potentially even violent or abusive. Not that they used those exact words, but it's what the feeling I got when they said that. On the one hand, I think that it isn't true, but I also don't want to just automatically excuse myself from potentially having, having done something wrong What's your take? So they sent pictures to somebody who they were talking to who already had pictures of them because they were on their profile. Uh, and the mm-hmm. person said, you crossed my boundaries. And this person felt like they were saying, you violated me. Um, pretty intense words. Violent Yeah, that's abusive. kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, those were, like, like you said, those are like uh, big words violating yeah violent and abusive abusive i mean that's a lot um this is interesting though like what do you think about consent when it comes to sending photos especially keeping in mind that there are already photos on their profile and if these were not actually sexual photos in any nature at all is there a difference no i think this whole story is just so weird uh no i think that when you're fully clothed and you send photos I, I actually think that sending photos is super endearing. Yeah. I feel like you get to 
live in the experience with uh, that person. I often send photos to Lisa. Uh, depending on what I do, I was with my niece yesterday and my Uncle Dino. So I sent her photos just to feel like she was uh, a part of whatever we were doing yesterday. I think that sending photos is actually very little, such a sweet thing to do. I would never look at it as uh, violent or abusive. Yeah. I don't. It's just so weird. Well, I will say though that uh, you know, as we know, we've we've heard the stories. We've we have friends in the trans community, and I I think that dating as a trans person in America uh, is probably just about the most difficult situation because I think that so mm-hmm, much more mm-hmm. goes into dating while trans, just living while trans, uh, than we even understand as much as we try to, that's not our experience. So I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna dismiss this, but it feels like there might be a little bit of trauma on this person's uh, part, uh, obviously, understandably so, uh, for automatically going to someone saying that crossed a boundary for me, and your response is, that feels like they're saying I was violent or abusive. That feels like something they should look into because I I know we are all guilty of this. And I, I just as much as anybody else, if somebody, you know, has one response to me or I read a text from them and I read it some way and I'm like, oh, my God, what? Mm-hmm. What they think I'm this person? I'm not. That's not what my intention was at all. How dare they? Right. And then all of a sudden we retreat to our corners. I will say also, if that's how you're receiving that message, you might not be ready to date. And that's OK. Yeah, but you totally. maybe just. Talk through it with a friend, uh, somebody that maybe uh, is in a relationship or has a little bit more dating experience who can understand your experience. And maybe they might have some advice for you because this just doesn't it doesn't feel terribly healthy to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I I think it's really uh, interesting and bizarre. And, and, uh, you know, we don't know that experience, but um, Sounds really intense. And on that, uh, I want to also use this opportunity to just please ask you, finally, Michaela, please stop sending me nudes. I don't want them. I never have. I never will. Good morning, B. Channel Q. Just when we thought Brittany and Christina finally buried the hatchet, Brittany goes and sticks her foot in her mouth. And we have an an update. What's popping? All right. Well, yesterday we talked about how Christina Aguilera unfollowed Britney Spears Uh, After she made some really interesting comments about uh, what appeared to be Christina Aguilera's body, but she is backtracking. She's actually saying, thank you, Christina, for inspiring me. She uh, is saying, by no means is I being critical of Christina Aguilera's beautiful body. It is what it is. I flew to see her show once. And uh, the main thing I noticed was the difference of our people on stage. By no means did I ever mention Christina. Look at my post. She wrote, I was inspired by her show and she is a beautiful woman of power. Thank you, Christina, for inspiring me. So she's saying, listen, I love Christina. That's my girl. And uh, she's really sorry if it was taken any other way. However, I will say I would have been a little offended too. If um, (laughs) I was Christina and saw that post yesterday, but hopefully they'll bury the hatchet. They'll make amends. Um, I feel like they were pitted against each other so much during their career. Um, And so I, I, it would be wonderful if they were just little buddies. Yeah. It feels like there's probably a lot of trauma that they have to sort of get over sometimes. You know what I mean? And, um, and let go of from their past. And hopefully this will help them get there. Yeah, definitely. She also goes on to say, uh, to be honest, I'm just being uh, critical of my own body. I'm very insecure. uh, And they're just projections of how I feel about myself. So, you know, don't take it too seriously. And um, I believe that. I I think that Brittany is really genuine. I think that she... uh, God, she's just dealt with so much. And uh, she was probably just feeling... Um, just inter- feeling yeah, in her feelings interrupts. for a moment. Yes. I get that. Yeah. I understand that. Hopefully they move on. I don't like seeing people fight, so hopefully they figure it out. Absolutely. All right, coming up, have Republicans finally seen that fighting marriage equality is a losing battle? 
my best friend got married. It was the best wedding I've ever been to. And we're talking about why it's super important coming up next. The Morning B Channel Q. Welcome back to the show. Interesting conversation coming up this hour. Dad teaching his young daughter how to cook uh, so she can cook for him. Is that chauvinistic? Is that problematic? Or is he teaching her life lessons and skills that she can use uh, for the rest of her life? Is this a form of feminism, people who are upset, or is it anti-feminism that he is teaching her? We're having that discussion coming up this hour. I wish somebody would teach Michaela Gordon to cook. I've been asking her to cook for me for years, and she just won't do it. And she tells me she's Italian. She's so excited. Listen, she got a new, apart- the- a new apartment a year ago that I've yet to be invited to. My husband's been there many times. I've never been there. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Listen, here's the little secret. I can actually cook really good. I just don't like to brag on it because I would be expected to cook. Wait. Okay. Okay. Perfect night together. You and I have, it's not a date, Michaela. I know you want me, but it's not a date. I want to go on a date. No, we can, we can have our partners there as well. And we come over, we do a double date at your place (laughs) and you're, you're preparing everything. I'm not helping you at all. What are you cooking? I'm going to cook you pasta vazul, which is my favorite meal ever. Okay. I, uh, I think I've had that at uh, at Olive Garden before. It's delicious. You have, but you've <laughs> had it as a soup. Oh, uh, yes. I'm going to make it as a pasta. Oh, and... I, I do make it as a soup, actually. I didn't realize it was a pasta as well. No, yeah. My grandma used to make it as a pasta. Okay. Um, and it's delicious. Okay. I love it. It's one of my favorite. It might be like my top favorite meal um and it's so good but it's so funny because my grandma used to say oh yeah the poor people used to eat this she was really poor growing up Mm. and so her mom would make it for her yeah and uh it costs nothing to make well we ate we ate a lot of uh spaghetti and uh we would call it goulash do you know what goulash is no goulash is pasta it's i usually like elbow pasta or something with like ground beef and tomatoes and onions mm, and like it's yum. almost like a really thick like spaghetti type dish but called goulash and where we grew up that was what like it was like poor people food but also had some protein in it like really low grade beef usually like ground beef <laughs> but uh yeah we ate a lot of goulash growing up so i think it's probably uh goulash uh, I, think I love it it sounds like uh pasta fajoule is like a little bit of a, a elevated version of that yeah, that sounds delicious. Listen, sometimes those poor, those little poor girl meals oh, yeah. are the best. I grew up meals. on them. We had, I was raised by a single mother living, you know, you know, in the house that, you know, she got after the divorce, but that she maintained by working in a factory my entire childhood. And thank God for grandmas, because without my grandma, I don't know how we would have grown up. <laughs> yeah. No, we love our little Grammys. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I'll think on it. And if I decide to to, to trust you with my stomach, uh, maybe we'll set, <laughs> set this up one of these days. Uh, right now, though. I promise I'm really good. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Now go teach Natalia how to cook so she can cook for a man someday. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's time for news on the beat. What do you have? All right. Well, Chicago icon and legend Gloria Allen, 76 years old, who lived in an LGBTQ-friendly senior residence has passed away an advocate for the LGBTQ community. Allen transitioned before Stonewall and the word transgender uh, before it even existed. It says her friend, Lucina Fisher, who is also the writer and director of Marna Gloria, uh, a documentary about Allen, uh, confident about her identity from early on. Allen says in the documentary, when I came out of my mother's womb, I was out. Alan grew up in the Bronzeville uh, section of Chicago and later became part of the Southside's legendary drag ball scene. She worked as a licensed practical nurse at the University of Chicago Medical Center, as well as a private nurse's uh, assistant. The charm school Alan began at the center on Hasted was run mostly out of her pocket the lessons that she gave on table manners and etiquette was often met uh, to match for her students. So we are honoring her today uh, and her beautiful life that she lived. Oh, it's so beautiful. All right. 
In other news, a library in a southwest suburb of Chicago has canceled a drag queen bingo program for teenagers due to threats it has received. The Downers Grove Public Library had planned the event, which was geared forward uh, for 7th through 12th graders. In a statement, the library announced it was not moving forward with the program because it is a uh, not possible Uh, not a possibility to provide a safe place for everyone due to the threats made uh, library director Jolie Milevic was uh, declined to disclose the uh, nature of the threats Uh, so they will not be having that event what kind of threats could be made that you can't have the event that's devastating and so annoying it's the uh, the the vocal minority that are getting attention once again it's unfortunate just awful all right let's get into a little bit of weather it's going to be 80 in la 91 in vegas 95 in palm springs 82 in new york 86 in miami and 93 in austin still pretty hot in austin i'll tell you what though we are having the weirdest flash floods in vegas yesterday i drove uh, i picked up my niece from school and i drove about a block away from her school and it started pouring rain for like uh, s- several blocks. And then it was sunny again. It was so weird. All right, Vegas, get you some rain. Well, we need rain. Yeah. We need rain here in Southern California. We had one day of it the other day. We need more. Um, mm-hmm. But it sounds like you're getting it in Vegas, so maybe we're okay. Uh, here's a vibe for you. The key to abundance is meeting limited circumstances with unlimited thoughts. Okay, I love that. Loving that vibe. All right, coming up, uh, is a dad teaching his daughter how to cook bad? Is it anti-feminist? We'll discuss coming up in seven minutes. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela. Channel Q. You know what I really want? A husband who knows how to make more than just scrambled eggs, bacon, and salmon for dinner. Now, the scrambled eggs and bacon, of course, are for breakfast, salmon, and dinner. But my husband, he's really, really great at about two dishes in the entire world. And he (laughs) makes them on repeat, right? And I don't want to drag him. I'm pretty good in the kitchen. I kind of like taking care of things. And and if he does uh, decide to make something else, it usually turns out really great, right? But uh, I don't know that his mother or father ever taught him how to cook. So I'm saying this to say that... He's not really uh, keeping his husband satisfied in the kitchen. That's all I'll say. Well, okay. I share this because there's a new conversation taking place on Reddit where one man asks, am I the a-hole? And here's why. He has a young daughter who absolutely loves to cook. So he's also a really great, uh, great in the kitchen. So he decided to start working with her and helping her become better in the kitchen. And this girl can like literally throw down. He says that she's gotten so good that she makes everything from scratch. Um, she made him dinner just the other night. She made a perfectly seared steak with some four cheese risotto he, and, and like a rhubarb crumble for dessert and, and and homemade ice cream. He's like, she literally made everything from scratch. That's how talented she is. Here's where the problem is. So she went to school recently and one of her teachers was asking and she was telling that she liked to cook at home because someday the girl said, I want to make my husband and my family happy. The teacher got upset, called him into a meeting and what? Dra- dragged this dad. And he clarified and said, just so we're clear, her mom died and she was two. And I told her a story one time that on our first date, her mom and I cooked uh, a dinner together. And that was our first date. And that stuck with her. It made her feel a connection to her mother, so I think that could be why she actually loves cooking. I also said that it would be nice to show your love through cooking someday so that when someday when you have a family, you know how to show them that you love them through cooking, right? Well, she took that as, I want to make a man happy someday, and now not only the teacher dragged him, There's a mother's group at his school that he goes to for advice oftentimes because there's a single father raising a little girl because her mother died. And he asked them for advice, and they all dragged him. They all say he's a a, uh, sexist a-hole, right? Where do you fall on this? What do you you think? uh, First of all, this is ridiculous. Knowing how to cook and feed yourself and feed your family is not a feminist act. It's not uh, demeaning in any way. 
Like, I think it's beautiful. I, I love that she knows how to cook. And uh, it just goes back to like woke culture. It's so obnoxious mm-hmm. being like overly girl know how to cook. She's yes. cooking for her dad. Her mom died. She enjoys it. And I really do think that cooking is such an art form. Yeah. You know, I don't cook that much because um, I just don't. But my grandma used to cook us meals every single night. Mm-hmm. And it was the most loving gesture uh, that I've ever experienced. Yeah, I... And she made the best and most delicious meals. And it's like really the one thing I remember most from her. Same. I, I grew up, you know, you know the story, but I grew up in a single parent household. My mom worked in a factory. She worked third shift, meaning she was there overnight would get off work at 7 a.m. just in time to uh, come over to our grandmother's house where we slept every night and see us off to school. And then she would go to bed, sleep all day long during the daytime, and then wake up when we'd get home from school. And then we would go to grandma's because grandma would make dinner, right? And so she would have the three of us over for dinner every single night. So the five of us would sit around that table. There's always a glass of milk because we always drank milk with our dinner, which is the weirdest thing to think about now. Um, But she would make everything from scratch. And it was always perfect. Like, we loved it. Her mashed potatoes, by the way, and milk gravy are like the best thing in the entire world. Um, But one thing that we all as humans do every single day of our entire lives, whether you're man, female, or male, female, however you might identify, we all eat food. We need food, right? So to teach somebody how to cook food is an essential life skill. Hello, you got to eat it. I, this is like the, the conversation is really like <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, is this what we want to do? I don't know do how to... you drag anybody yeah, for because, cooking dinner, especially a single dad. Like this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to try to take this guy down. He's teaching his daughter to cook. He he cares enough that he has a, a female support group at school to give him advice on how to be a a, a a single parent. It sounds like he's checking off all the boxes. I think woke culture hears this and they hear, oh, he's just teaching this little girl to cook him dinner every night. Or grooming her. They called him a groomer at one point in this conversation. Stop it. Grooming him to take care of a man someday. And guess what? Here's the thing. Maybe she will want to take care of a man someday. Maybe she will want to cook and clean for her man someday. And maybe that's a decision that she's going to make with autonomy and the power to make the decision. At least she. But honey, she may want to like feed and and nurture her girlfriend. Absolutely. Like, what is the problem? With cooking somebody dinner, I, I will say this: Lisa's actually a really incredible uh, chef. Is she, she? Oh my god, she's so good. Okay, she really does cook most of our meals, um, and it's so endearing, and she's so cute. Well, you feel and loved, like, don't you feel loved yeah. when somebody cooks for you? I do. Yeah. I really, really do, and yep. so I feel like. God, this just woke culture is so stupid. I'll tell and you. shame on that teacher. My very first Thanksgiving out here in L.A., you know what I did? I made Thanksgiving. Oh, I didn't have furniture at the time. Like I, I think we literally ate on the floor or maybe rented a table or something. And one of your old friends, uh, T.J. Espinosa, so I spent my first Thanksgiving in L.A. with him. And I made, because uh, we lived in the same apartment complex. He was a dancer for Britney Spears and, and kind of that was he was known for at the time. And I had everybody over as a bunch of misfits. I always do this for holidays. I have misfits over, people who have nowhere else to go. You know, I made the turkey and I think 21 side dishes and pies and desserts from scratch. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much money I spent. I was dead broke, but it's how I show love. I was using his oven. I was using my oven, the other neighbor's oven, everything. And everybody had to bring things, coordinate them to bring them at the right time so that all the food would be hot. But that's that's how I show my love to people. If you've ever, ever been over to my home for a dinner party or a holiday, I cook. It's how I show love. So I feel like this 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 man is keeping his daughter's uh, mother's legacy alive as well and, and, and teaching her life skills she's going to use forever. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I, I think that it's uh, – that this is wonderful and I think that uh, – the only person that should be dragged is the teacher for dragging them. All right, coming up, people are sharing everyday cheat codes uh, and hacks to get through life. And they're actually pretty helpful. We're going to share them with you coming up next. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. If you've ever played a video game, you might be familiar with the phrase cheat code, right? Um, my husband used to be obsessed with The Sims. Right. Mm-hmm. And he would find all sorts of cheat codes online. They would ex- he would exchange them with his friends, uh, figure out basically ways to hack life. 
as a simulated character, right? Because Sims is all about uh, living in the real world and creating like a career and a house and a family and all other sorts of things that we do in our day-to-day lives. But what if you could take cheat codes and apply them to your actual life in the real world? Some people think they've done just that and they're sharing them online right now and it's gone viral. It's really, really fascinating. Um, Really, really fascinating stuff. Some advice on here that we did not know is possible. Did you know that you can mute self-checkout kiosks? I have no idea how you would do that. Wait, what? Yeah, do you know where you check yourself out at the at the at the, uh, at the grocery store, Target, whatever? And sometimes they'll, totally. talk, they'll talk to you. There's actually a mute option on there. If you don't want to listen to them, you can shut them up. I don't know why that would be a cheat code, but it is one. This is one, though, that stood out to me. Yeah, I had no idea. No idea. But also, why would you why would take you the want, time to why mute? Why would you want to? But you can. Checkout. You've got the option. <laughs> this one might be a little bit more helpful. Someone said, several times in life, I've cold called a company to confirm my interview time. I didn't have an interview prior to my call, but in their confusion and inability to even find my resume, I've managed to secure an interview about four out of five times. That's kind of genius. Yeah, that's super genius. You, you, can't, um, you don't even have an interview and you just make it up and you confuse the company and they give you one? <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, this one is also very special because I got to spend the entire week with my niece and nephew. Compliment your children with you are a hard worker, not your smart. Study shows that kids who think they're hard workers outper- outperform kids uh, who think they're smart. That's so sweet. You got to like let them know how smart and beautiful they are. I think that's fantastic. Uh, One other user wrote, when my daughter was little, she believed Band-Aids cured things. One time she had a bellyache, so I put one on her belly and it made her feel better. Power of placebos. It is true. That's right. It is true. How many times literally somebody say, hey, do this thing and you'll feel great. It helps me every time. And then you try it and you're like, oh, I actually feel a little bit better. Sometimes it's just in your head. And especially if you're a little kid. um, Another really great one is a simple one, and I love this. Smiling is actually magic. Smiling scientifically has been proven to actually make you happier. And people who smile often get smiles in return. And a simple smile can start off a chain reaction that changes your entire day. And that's that's a life hack that everybody should know about. That's that's definitely a good cheat code. Yeah, that's definitely true. I feel like you just got to get your mindset right, and then it brings you to where... You want to be and uh, smiling all day Can I give you definitely one? brings energy up. Can I give you one more? It's going to save you money. I know you like to save sure. money. Okay. So if you've ever been on a website and they have a, a percentage coupon code and it might be like 10% off, like spelled out one zero and then percent off, right? If you see that before you put that in and accept the 10% off, Try typing in 20% off or 30% off because it's humans usually that are making these codes and we're all pretty simple-minded when it comes down to it. And if they've created one for 10% off, they may have created one for 20 or 30% off at a different point that might still be valid. So try it out. I love, I love getting coupons online and saving money for things. Mm -hmm. It's just one of my favorite, favorite hacks I use something, I think it's called Honey or something like that. And it always shows you like the, the cheapest uh, prices everywhere and gives you the best coupon codes. That is a life cheat, a, a cheat hack that everybody should know about. Love, love, love. That's a really good uh, yeah. life hack. I can appreciate that. The Morning Beat with AJ and Michaela, Channel Q. All right, this is a fascinating conversation. I've been married for three months, so I'm no expert, but I have been in my relationship with my husband for 10 years as of tomorrow, right? So I do have some life experience when it comes to dating. And one thing that I've found and that he has found as well is that the longer we're together, the higher the expectation, especially amongst our gay friends, that we're probably just in an open relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And I think it's much more common in our community, specifically with gay men, Uh, than maybe any other sort of subcategory in the world. And it's it's been accepted as, you know, uh, people weren't created to live an entire life together and be monogamous to one person, so why do it, right? And I understand, in theory, that we're, we're sexual beings to a degree, right? And so I don't judge, and I've been in relationships where I've had threesomes, and I don't regret them, and they were a lot of fun. Um, but I, those relationships were also not fulfilling me in some way. So that's why we sought out the, the, the third person, 
right? And, and so this person, I kind of understand, but I want to hear your thoughts. They said, I never understood why someone would want to sleep with another person than the person they are dating. I'm married and I believe that my husband is the most beautiful person and we just click like a puzzle plate, a puzzle piece. Why would mm. I want to sleep with someone I find less attractive and less fun than my husband? If you find someone more attractive or nicer or both, why wouldn't you just break up to be with that other person? Also, what would you consider cheating is an open relationship mainly focused on sex compared to a closed one. Brings up a lot of really fascinating questions. Um, let's break it down. What what, do you, what are your thoughts when you hear this, this person sharing their experience? I mean, listen, I have a lot of friends that are in open relationships. I think that in our community, uh, it's very normal. And if done well, can be really healthy and functional. I mean, some people just do not get everything that they want from their partner and uh, they're able to explore and, and be in a very open relationship. And I, I actually think it's fabulous and I admire it because I could never, ever, ever do it. I'm so jealous and psycho. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for me and Lisa, like that would never be a, a thing um, just because I, uh, I'm pretty, you know, as wild you're as jealous, I am, I'm just pretty say traditional. It. You're pretty jealous. You're pretty jealous. Oh, yeah. This is like <laughs> someone was pretty. And I was like, oh, my God. Psycho. I'm going to murder her. I, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm funny. Like, listen, I never thought on one hand, I never thought that I would be with somebody for 10 years and still be so attracted to them, especially sexually. Right. I thought that would just sort of fade. And I didn't believe that people actually were that way until it was me. And mm -hmm. we've been together mm -hmm. 10 years and I still want to have sex all the time. But on the flip side, that's part of the issue is that I want to have sex all the time and he doesn't necessarily always want to. And so yeah. from that perspective, I could see, and this is something we've discussed and it's not something we're, we're doing now and maybe we'll never do, but it's on the table. Like for my husband and I, it's possible that down the road, uh, not an open relationship necessarily, but exploration together uh, with people who meet different needs. Because here's the thing. I love my husband. He's gorgeous. He's beautiful, right? And he is a beautiful six foot three, you know, black man, right? And I'm a six foot five white guy. And he's into that. But sometimes I'm also into white guys or Asian guys or Indian guys or Middle Eastern guys. Like any other, I'm into a variety of men. I don't, you know, I don't discriminate. And neither does he. Sometimes we see guys at the gym and he's like, oh, my God, daddy, come on. And it's like mm -hmm. a super hairy, short, stocky guy. And I'm like, what? Really? That's not me. And as opposed to getting insecure about that and feeling uncomfortable, we talk about it. And so far we talk about it and that's enough. And it makes that openness makes us so turned on by each other that we end up, you know, it ignites something in us and we're just fine just being together, just the two of us. So I yeah. think I think that so we are open in that way and there's nothing off the table in our relationship but to actually physically explore those things really like in depth we're not there and maybe we will be someday maybe we won't be and I think that for everyone you got to decide what works best for you if if you are desperately in love with someone and I've also been in this relationship too where I I genuinely genuinely loved my partner however we had no sexual chemistry whatsoever. Mm, and we did open up tough. the relationship. And I was able to go do what I needed to do and then come back to my partner and be grateful for it because I was like, okay, cool. Well, that was just a physical act over there. I'm committed to you, though. And that was always mm -hmm. very, very clear. Now, he did cheat on me with my best friend, so that's neither here nor there. It didn't really go both ways. But if you have that trust going in both directions, it can work. Uh, yeah. So do what's best for you. Uh, make sure that you're respectful of others and respectful of yourself, which is something I think we forget sometimes, and, and just let people like live their best lives. Yeah. I mean, still at the end of the day, we're never, ever opening up our relationship. Yeah, you'll murder. You would murder somebody. You would murder, murder anybody who looked at Lisa. Ta-ta, baby. Tell me something good. There is no greater gift in the world, uh, in my opinion, than giving someone the ability to read. 
and to mm-hmm. educate themselves and to just understand what's going on in the world around them. And uh, a school teacher did that for one young man, and he's been searching for her for years. Author Jamil Jan Kochel tried for years to reconnect with the second grade teacher, a woman who he credits with all of his success he's had in life. All of it. Uh, a young immigrant who didn't know any English. It was Mrs. Lung who stayed after hours every day in their Sacramento Elementary School to teach Kochel one-on-one how to read and write, something he managed in just a year. Now, he's never forgot this. And as his uh, success in his career has continued to grow over the years, he's thought about her. Uh, and he's actually become an author, so he writes for a living now. Uh, and so he decided uh, to search her out, right? Um, turns mm. out, as he's been looking for her for more than 10 years, looking for his teacher, 10 years, called school districts, looked up names all over Google and social media, uh, visited schoolhouses, nothing. He said that he felt like a detective running into another dead end. Um, but, but he found an old school photo in her class. Her first name wasn't there, right? Well, uh, apparently, the teacher found out he was looking for her, and she surprised him. They exchanged a phone call, but it was COVID, so they decided not to meet face-to-face. But the moment finally did come. She and her husband uh, rushed out to meet him, and uh, they had a reunion, and he said it was incredible. He signed her copy of his book that she had bought, and uh, he got to finally thank his teacher all these years later. It's just Oh, my a, God, that's so sweet. beautiful story. Yeah, that's so sweet. I love that story. Listen, teachers, it's like a thankless, thankless job. I went to uh, pick up my niece yesterday from school, and uh, one of the dads was making a really, really big deal of uh, the principal while I was there. And he was saying, oh, you know, it's just such a thankless job. And thanks for, you know, teaching my kids and, and showing up and, and making these little presents for them. It was so, so sweet. Teachers are the very best. Now, this story is so sweet. A grandma, we love our grandmas here on the morning beat. And a grandma shows her granddaughter uh, shorthand and it blew the internet away. Uh, a grandma was teaching her daughter or her granddaughter how to write uh, shorthand. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's a method of quickly writing that has been uh, around for centuries. And this little grandma was teaching her granddaughter how to write shorthand. They put it on TikTok. Of course, it went viral. And uh, the everybody is losing their minds. They think it's so sweet, just so cute. Well, TikTok, or TikTok, sorry. A shorthand is a bit of a dying art form. When I was in elementary school, in Catholic school, I remember one of our teachers showed us shorthand on the chalkboard, and we were just uh-huh. blown away. And I talked to my grandmother about it. She goes, oh, yeah. She goes, every secretary, that's how they kept notes. Secretaries kept notes using shorthand for their bosses, which back in the day we usually meant young women. Um, yeah. But, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, that's so cute. Uh, Yeah, she went viral. Listen, writing cursive, writing letters, all those things feel like such an old school thing to do now. But uh, this little Grammy went viral. Yeah, I wrote out thank you notes for wedding gifts yesterday (laughs) for hours and hours and hours. Handwritten notes mean a lot, but they take time. So maybe I I, could have learned some shorthand, maybe could have saved me some time. Yeah, but they mean so much. That's so sweet to do. Uh, All right. Well, that is the end of our show today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We want you to tune in later on to Dr. Chris and Loveline. We're talking about boundary setting, what you need to know. We have a great show for you tomorrow as well. So as always, thank you for tuning in. Tune in tonight to Loveline. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day.